to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Graham, and you know what? I'm a natural blonde. Yes, you are, aren't you? Yes, I am. Uh I feel like you want to negate this fact, but I mean, I'm blonde. Yeah, you're very blonde, and it's a lovely shade of blonde. Thank you. I actually hear that often. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm Darlene Brock, and I I don't know what I am right now. I guess blonde. I've been red. I have been really dark something. I have been multiple I know, in those pictures from the Jesus Calling podcast that you were recently on, shameless plug, the (laughs) video they put to your audio clip, you had so many different hair colors. And I thought, again, this is why we're soul sisters, because I've had my hair every color in the book as well. Yeah. And I love that. I believe in that. In fact, I have told my daughters, dye my hair till the day I die. (laughs) Even if I'm not cognizant, please do. (laughs) I actually dated a guy who every time I would say I'm a natural blonde, he would immediately say semi-blonde. Oh, that is so How rude, tacky. right? How like, rude. Super tacky. Thank How you for rude. saying that. Um, he thought it was funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. I am <laughs> I am blonde. Sure. I use a little help to stay a attractive color blonde instead of dishwater blonde. <laughs> but I think that, you know, doing and saying something like that, that is a surefire way to kill a relationship. It am is. I right? Absolutely is. You do not want that said, or you at least don't want to date the guy who would say that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually thought that would be a really good conversation to build an episode around things that we do in relationships that are just going to get you in trouble and probably end the relationship sooner rather than later. So on this conversation, we're going to unpack things that are going to kill your relationship. All right. One relationship killer, Julie, that I know everyone should avoid is sometimes telling the truth. Wait, you're going to sit here and say that you shouldn't tell the truth, that that's bad for a relationship? Well, there are certain questions that the truth does not need to come out, like, hey, do I look fat in this dress? (laughs) You know, no man needs to say, oh, well, yes, actually you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like saying semi-blonde. Okay, so I think what you're saying is sometimes you need to present the truth in an easier to handle light. Sometimes it's about how you couch the truth. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, What's something else that kills a relationship. If we're going light and joking, another relationship killer is hiding things. We should not be hiding things. I mean, unless, of course, it's the Amazon Prime shipment that you (laughs) scoop off of the doorstep (laughs) in plenty of time before your man gets home to see it. Yeah, you stick it in the closet and you wait for the perfect timing to go, hey, honey. I mean, this is still a thing for me as a single mom. I have to make sure my packages get inside before I get home with Lincoln because he wants to know if the package is for him. (laughs) No, it's never for you. It's always for mommy. (laughs) Yep. Well, those are a couple of fun things that we need to avoid when it comes to relationships, but we want to talk about a few things that um, we really think you need to be careful. Well, because here at the Grit and Grace Project, and therefore this Grit and Grace Life podcast, we're willing to admit that as strong women, we believe most women really ultimately do want to be in a healthy, long-term, committed relationship, whether that's a dating relationship that will in time lead to a marriage, or you are in a marriage and you want it to be a happy and life-giving and fulfilling relationship. We do believe that that is a honorable desire, but in order to get there and stay there, let's just say that, mm-hmm. um, you have to avoid some things that ultimately chip away at the foundation of your relationship. Yep. So let's start with this one. 
You should not set one another as all of your life because the relationship is only part of your life. I mean, that's hard, right? It's real hard. It's really hard because, you know, especially when you're just getting to know one another or you've really fallen in love, that you want that person to be all of your life. But you cannot complete, they can't have your complete dependence. You have to be independent in a lot of things and a lot of ways. We actually unpacked this a little bit more on a previous episode about how important it is for an independent woman to find that line, that balance between interdependence and a healthy relationship, but still being her own woman. And I think what you said is right. It's easy when you first get into a relationship where you're comfortable and you're happy. And especially if you haven't been happy in relationships in the past, and all of a sudden this person is lighting up your life and then you just want to spend every waking moment together. The temptation is so strong, but but you're making a really important point that especially in a dating relationship, it's important to have some separation so that you remain your own person. And then as your relationship grows, your interdependence grows. But even when you're married for however many years you've been married, yes, exactly. You fill in the blank with however many decades you think there should be. It's important (laughs) that you still have your own lives, but that your life as a couple is also important. Absolutely. And I think you need to be careful not to try to find all of your happiness in one other human because it doesn't exist. It doesn't matter how great they are. It doesn't matter how much you love that person. Your happiness is not going to be found in them. And if If you choose to pursue that, you are just drowning that person. You are smothering that person with expectations that no one can meet. I actually heard this quote recently in um, the sermon at church, and I think it goes perfectly with what we're talking about. It's by C.S. Lewis, and he said, don't let your happiness depend on something you may lose. And when you put that in the context of relationships, you're absolutely right. Of course, you want to be in a relationship where you feel happy, but when your entire life's happiness is hanging on the balance of the health of your relationship with this person, it's an imbalance. And I think a really important one, especially when you're dating and getting to know someone, is don't overstep your boundaries. You know, as you're building a relationship, you let each other into different areas of your life because you're getting to know one another. So to push beyond what is that person's comfort level or they're ready to surrender that part of their life, you know, that that's, again, just puts them in a box. It forces things out of that person you're trying to build a relationship with. It forces them to want to back off. You're coming too close. You're wanting too much too soon. And this is something especially ladies sometimes try to do. We try to hook that man early. <laughs> yes, we're we hooking do. him. Um, I mean, I I can even admit that I've I've found myself wanting to do that, and it's like, uh, let's not be that crazy chick. <laughs> like, let's let the relationship grow naturally and at a healthy level. Um, but if we're talking about boundaries, I think it's important in your relationship with him to keep boundaries that are wise and um, you know properly paced. I think another relationship killer is not having boundaries with the other people in your life and their position in your relationship. Oh, are you saying other people want to have an opinion about your relationship, about how you should be, how you shouldn't be, what you should do, what you shouldn't do? Is that what you're saying there, Julie? Speaking from personal experience, yes! (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes we care way too much what other people think, and that is an unhealthy boundary 
in the relationship you're trying to build. Yeah, and I think there's a balance in that is finding people who can speak into your life that help you sort through some of the issues you might have as you're building the relationship. And then there's some that just kind of want to be involved in your business. Preach. All right, last little kind of mention in the not letting your whole life be this person is committing too quickly in a dating relationship. This is where we basically act married and we're not yet married. Yeah, say this is the third date. Do you want to share a checking account? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> do people share checking accounts I don't anymore? Know if they That's do. a whole other conversation. Yeah, that is another conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but again, kind of because we ladies want to lock that man in, uh-huh. we're willing to act married in that we want to spend every possible minute together and we want to run every life decision by him. We act as though he has that position of husband well before we're engaged and married. Well, and often, as you found yourself, a lot of women find themselves with children. They have this little human in their life that is going to, at some point, enter the relationship if it continues. And you don't want that guy being the faux father. You don't want him stepping into that relationship before it's time. And making, that is confusing for everybody. It is very confusing. Yeah, it's confusing for your children. It's confusing for you. It's confusing for him. So don't, don't ever act like you're married before you're married. All right. That's number one in relationship killers. Let's go on to another frequent relationship killer. And this is when you expect your relationship to be easy. Oh, you mean it's not? It's not. Are you sure? I'm willing to say that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you hear that phrase of, well, it should be easy, and so I'm not happy with this person. Oh. I mean. No. And nothing that is worthwhile in life is going to be easy. And relationships, because you are blending different people, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge to find out how you work together, what your thoughts are, what your what your habits are, what your lifestyle is. Do Can they merge? Can they mesh? So none of that is an easy process. I've definitely heard people say, you know, a relationship shouldn't take work. It should be easy. And I think that's just such a romanticized view. It's kind of a elementary type view that like you said, anything in our life that's worthwhile takes work and relationships are some of the hardest work, but can produce such beautiful benefits to our lives when we're willing to realize that, Hey, there are some things about me that are hard to live with, but there's some things about the person that I'm with that are also hard to deal with, but that shouldn't make it a deal breaker. It's just going to take some time and attention and conversation and communication and sacrifice and Grace. You know what? It's going to take grit and grace <laughs> it is. in order Big to time. grow that relationship. Yeah. And it's not just blending, you know, your personalities or your lifestyle, but, you know, you might look around and go, oh, I want my relationship to look like theirs or to look like theirs. And don't they look like the perfect couple? Why can't we do that? Why can't we be those people? I mean, yes, it definitely has to be said that comparison is hugely a relationship killer when it comes to women looking to their friend's Instagram profile and her two-month relationship and how happy they are. And you're trying to compare it to your 14 years in marriage with three kids. It's just different. And also, it's the highlight reel. You could never really, really know the depths of another couple's relationship by being on the outside. But far too often, we try to compare our relationship, especially I feel like this happens a lot in the church. We're looking at the way our pastor talks about his wife and we are 
you know, elbowing our man who's sitting next to us at church saying, are you listening? Are you listening? And sometimes we just need to be glad that he's sitting there with us. Yeah, for sure. And truth is, we don't, you know, it's not that your pastor's having marital problems, but you don't know the challenges they've gone through yeah. in their life. You don't know that that they too, as a married couple, have had hurdles that they have had to to surmount. And, you know, what they've done is what every relationship needs is they haven't run away from it. They have actually been willing, obviously, to tackle those because they have a longer relationship and it looks like it has some depth. Absolutely. I think the last prong in this kind of you're expecting your relationship to be easy and that might be killing it is you want to run as soon as things show that they're getting harder. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a balance to that. I mean, if they're getting so much harder that you go, oh, this is trouble. This is showing trouble. <laughs> so I should run. Yes. Better run for cover. <laughs> this is not a good one. In a dating relationship. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <Put that in laughs> <there>. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if it is merely, this is a difficult moment in life, or we see things differently, and we have to come to some kind of compromise and understanding of one another, don't run for cover. Because the reality is, the most rich and rewarding relationships come through going through the hard stuff together. Absolutely. Yep. And that's and that's where the character and the the depth of your relationship really comes from. When you're willing to ride it out, work it through, talk it out, fight and make up. Because as a couple, you kind of recommit to, no, we're in this and we're going to work through this. That is ultimately something that will bring life to your relationship instead of killing it. The next one, Julie, is constantly seeking something to be different. Mm. You're looking for something else. Like you go, I want to change this man that I am dating. I don't I don't like this part of him or I don't like that part of him. You know, maybe if I'm sweet enough and kind enough and hang around long enough, he's going to do something and act some different way than he does now. I mean, it's cute that you said maybe if I'm sweet enough. Then there's some of us there we say, if I'm rude enough, if I'm cold <laughs> enough, if I'm distant enough, if I'm naggy enough, he'll get the point and make the change. Both of them are wrong. Yeah. And really, you're not out to just change someone. You may be out to find a way to build a relationship and you both become better people. But, you know, you got what you got, girls. He <laughs> is who he is. And trying to change him or him trying to change you will only lead to disappointment and it will kill the relationship. There's also this thing of just being critical. You're just looking for every little possible small thing that actually kind of doesn't matter. You're being critical just to be critical. Talk about relationship killer. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot in marriage because I think you, you've been married for a while. You forget why you loved this guy in the first place because you're so busy. You've got jobs, you've got the house, you've got kids, and he doesn't pick something up or he doesn't clean up after himself or he doesn't. And all you can think about is what you're frustrated with, yeah. the thing that you want to point out to him, the thing that you want him to deal with that he's not dealing with. So you become this constant just voice of pain to him. You know, why Why in the world does he want to hear all the time what he's not doing right? You're criticizing him of everything. You know, that's going to hurt all, everything that you've invested so far, that's going to take it backwards at the very least. Yep. I mean, I think another part of this always wanting something to be different is sometimes we can't let go of our expectations. And I think expectations, sometimes our desires can be really helpful in a relationship, 
but often an expectation is dangerous for your relationship because humans let each other down and even happy couples let each other down. When we put too much stock in, I'm expecting you to do this. And then when you don't, I can't get past it. Yeah. So maybe you have a guy that has forgotten that Valentine's Day is coming or, you know, has not marked on his wall in his office your birth date and he's kind of sliding or he doesn't bring flowers when you want or doesn't bring flowers at all. He may not be a guy that brings flowers. I'm okay with that personally. Yeah, you are. You don't (laughs) like the cut flowers die. Now jewelry, I think shoes. shoes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of it. Help your, help your man know what expectations you have. Um, Desires. Yeah. There you go. But don't, you know, I think it's, it is dangerous to not let go of expectations and to interpret them in your relationship. Well, can we also just acknowledge that a lot of times these expectations that we're hanging our hats on, they're unspoken. We want him to read our minds and know our expectations. But I think that might be a full episode. I think it might. And it is absolutely true. And you know what, ladies? Men are really smart in a lot of things. <laughs> Reading our minds is not one. It's not one. It, they won't even enter the playing field. And they kind of like it when you go, hey, you know what? I really do love chocolate more than anything else. By the way, did you know that I like chocolate? And hey, it's on sale at Publix right now. Exactly. And in <laughs> case you wondered, I like chocolate. You know, <laughs> let them know. Uh, okay. One other thing though, in this category, you have all these desires to change him, right? But then you're not willing to flex at all. Oh, you mean we're supposed to too? Yes. (laughs) Yes. We spend so much time with our checklist of things he should be doing or not doing, but we think we're awesome and we have no adjustments to make. That will kill your relationship. Yeah. So I shouldn't worry about the empty water bottles all over the house if he doesn't worry about my wet towels all over the floor. I still love that you act like your husband leaves empty bottles of water all over the house and you don't. I am an outsider in this relationship. You both do it. No, wait. You're raising your hand. She's raising her hand, everyone. (laughs) Mine are never empty. There are various levels of water within mine. Okay. I will just say as the third party to this relationship, I think it's annoying for both of them. So he's annoyed that your half empty bottles are around. You're annoyed that his empty bottles are around. That's just part of relationships. Yeah. So when Julie comes and visits us in our home, she just gathers up all the bottles. Now mine are bigger than my husband. So she knows whose is whom and we can, you know, take care of our marital problems through Julie's home visits. Oh man. But it's true. We ladies, we want our man to be different. We want to change him, but then we're not willing to change. And hear us. We are not saying that you should be changed by your man or that you should actively be changing your man. We actually believe that in a healthy relationship, you will both flex and give and adjust as you grow your relationship in a healthy way. But if either one of you is out to change or unwilling to change, that will kill your relationship. Absolutely. I think the next one, Julie, is probably the biggest relationship killer, the one that will just destroy everything else. And that is poor communication. Not being able to communicate effectively with one another will destroy anything you're trying to build. I mean, I am 100% behind you on that one. I think growing an effective relationship from the beginning, you have to be able to clearly communicate your desires, your thoughts, your feelings. And when you don't, it you're building on a really unstable foundation that will, that will not last. 
Yeah, for sure. And you know what's funny is that we, when we talk about communication, we think we're going to sit down and have long discussions or we're going to have heart to hearts. But <laughs> it could be as simple as, you know, how you react to something. Oh, you know, man, yes. He makes a statement and you look at him like you're out of your ever-loving mind. What are you thinking? Yeah. Oh, we are we we can have those faces, Dar. There's there's a phrase for that. I'm not going to use here, but yeah, sometimes just the way you look at him it says everything and not the kind of thing you want to be saying. No. There's also that fact that sometimes we take every single thing he says or doesn't say, we take it personally. Oh, isn't that true? It's too true. Yeah, it's too true. And I think that what what you just said there, Julie, what he doesn't say, Mm -hmm. how many times can we go, well, he must have meant and he should have said or he didn't say or I'll bet this is what he meant about me. And all of a sudden we have this big, heavy thing in our heart that, oh, what is he thinking and what is what am I doing? I mean, I'll admit as somebody who's actively dating again in kind of today's day and age, if you let four hours go by and you have not texted me, I'm like, we broke up. I don't know. He's gone. He's, <laughs> he's off the deep end. I mean, that is just ridiculous. But it's what we can do. And I think sometimes we let things like that turn into miscommunication and misunderstanding. And then when we don't take time to clarify what was probably a simple misunderstanding, then we're even in more trouble. Yeah. And I think texting on its own could be a misunderstanding platform. I oh, mean, true. How can you unpack a real conversation in what? five words or six words or or characters let's be real yeah what does that emoji mean (laughs) yeah you know i think that's a dangerous relationship builder is doing nothing but texting conversations are pretty darn important yeah sometimes you just got to pick up the phone and say what do we need to talk about or i'm coming to your house we need to talk about this the old-fashioned way (laughs) that's right (laughs) and when you get there you cannot go back to something that you argued about before. Do not hold grudges. You talk mm-hmm. about something that will kill a relationship, Julie, is hanging on to the, yeah, but you did. Yeah, but you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that but. That one time 12 it, years ago and, you Yes, know. yeah. Do not hold on to mm-hmm. those. You have got to put the past in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, so reactions are big time, but it's not just reactions that matter in order to have healthy communication. Our words matter, right, Dar? Mm, totally matter, you know. And let me just start with this one. I'm sorry. How often do we not say, I'm sorry? Oh, we can be so proud, and we don't want to be the one to admit that we were wrong. Yeah, and they can be wrong, too. That's mm-hmm. possible. But at the same time, you know, the the best way to resolve things, to get them to say, I'm sorry, too, is maybe to say, I'm sorry first. Yeah, sometimes I need to own my part. And then because I've put my walls down, I've taken my pride out of the situation, he's willing to own his part as well. And then you can both apologize, offer forgiveness, and then move on. Yep. You know, another one, and we mentioned it at the at the beginning, is how to say things, how to be honest, and when to be tactful instead, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have to say every single thing that you're thinking. I think that might be one of the most said phrases on this show. <laughs> Ladies, it could work in almost every episode. You don't have to say every single thing that you're ever thinking. Being honest is so important in a relationship. The grit and grace of honesty in a relationship is tact. Yeah. 
How you say it. Yes. Yeah, how you present it. Because if you just feel the need to say every word that's in your brain, at some point they're going to glaze over, and you know they're going to be thinking about anything but what you're trying to communicate. So, Mm -hmm. you know, learn how to be honest, but learn how to be tactful, too, and how, how to say the things that you want to share. There are two words that I often think about when I'm preparing to communicate with, whether it's a guy that I'm with or a friend, a family member, or some other important conversation, tone and timing are often the tools that are going to make or break the conversation. I just wanted to get one more T in there. But tone (laughs) and timing can be so crucial in the way we communicate. So, you know, not right in the middle of the Super Bowl where it's the team that he wants to win. You don't want to, he didn't want a heart to heart. Is that what we're saying? Oh, heck no. Yeah, no. He's not going to want to. It won't work if you try it. So pick your timing. I, I know with... With even our daughters when they were growing up, and I knew I had some tough news to tell my husband about something they wanted to do, they probably shouldn't be doing. We <laughs> got to figure out if they're going to do it and how far we're going to let them go. There were some days I was not going to bring that thing up. Oh, absolutely not. All right, we've got two more relationship killers that we've got to talk about. The next one is not being able to trust your partner. Oh, yeah. I mean, that will kill a relationship for sure because. You know, number one, have they earned your trust? If you're in a dating relationship, are they worthy of your trust? You've got to figure that out. But if they are, you've got to be willing to say, all right, my confidence is in our relationship and in you that you're going to fulfill your part of it. Yeah. So too often we're letting past hurt or someone else in our in our previous relationship have way too much power in the way we see the person we're in a relationship with now. And like you said, there's that time frame of letting them prove themselves and make sure that he is worthy of your time and attention. But once you're there and you feel comfortable and confident, you do have to be willing to trust that person or the relationship will not grow. And how do we know if they're trustworthy? I think first, if you're dating them, they do things like stick with their commitments. If they say they're going to do something, they do it. If they say they're going to be somewhere, they're there unless they let you know that they got caught in a traffic jam. You want to know they're going to do what they say. Yeah. You prove over time that you can count on them. And I think one of the biggest kind of one-liner phrases that is so important in watching for who you would spend time with is watching what they do and not just what they say. And I've heard you say that so many different times in so many different scenarios. And it's really ultimately true. Time will tell if he really has the integrity and the character you're looking for over time, watching more what he does and less of what he says. You know, there's a 60s song called Sweet Talking Guy. I think there's a 40s song too, a 1940s. But sweet talking men have been around for a very, very long time. They'll Mm -hmm. tell you what they think you want to hear, but what they do is entirely different. But... The way to kill your relationship is not being willing to trust a man that you have been able to put through kind of the test of time and he is trustworthy, but you're still choosing not to trust based on past circumstances. That's going to end a good relationship, ladies. You know, Julie, too, when it comes to marriage, there are occasions where trust has been broken. Uh, There may have been an affair from one partner or the other. And, you know, I'm here to tell you that trust can be regained. It isn't always. It isn't always going to be regained, but it can, and it's something worth striving for. 
we actually have a few articles, Dar, in from different women who have written for the Grit and Grace Project coming from both sides of an affair. So I'll make sure I link to those in the show notes. Because again, like you're saying, trust can be rebuilt. And if there's been, you know, healing and commitment from both parties to move on, it can be done. So I love you mentioning that for sure. All right. What's the last relationship killer we have to talk about on this episode? Not giving your relationship quality time. Oh, we get so busy. We do. And for good reason. I mean, we may have a job, we may have children, we have other commitments of all kinds that, you know, it's easy, especially when you're in a good, steady relationship and you think, oh, it's healthy. It's great. We don't have any problems. But then you find yourself disconnecting quite, not not meaning to, but you disconnect because you're so busy with everything else that you're not investing in one another. You don't spend the time that you should together. I know one easy one for um, moms like me is sometimes we just always put the kids first and that's going to kill your relationship. Yeah. And there's times where, you know, you got an infant or you got a little one till they're like three or four and you know what, they're going to require a lot of your attention and time. And so, you know, there's a balance to this. It gets easier when they get older and then when they get older and they become teenagers, you spend quality time fretting over them. But, you know, <laughs> you, you, you have to find that quality time. Yeah. I think beyond just spending quality time together, you also have to remember to be attentive to your partner. Even if you don't have the ability to have quantity of time together, there's still ways that you can make your partner feel seen and appreciated, even in small little ways throughout the days and the busy seasons. It's it's important to make them feel like a priority, even if there isn't time, time, time. Yeah. And I think listening to something they care about. So you, you have a man that loves cars you know, so he wants to talk about the cars that he saw. He wants to talk about the antique car. Oh, you have a man who loves sports. You know, you don't give a flip about that team. You know, who who's on it? What do they play? I don't understand how it works. But, you know, sometimes they want you to hear all of the stats and all of the players and how pl- great this player is. And even if you just smile and nod, it's quality time. <laughs> What's the last thing that we can do um, in this mention of quality time to make sure we're doing that for our man? Mm, Be affectionate. That's not just sex. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's not. And, you know, you're learning one another's what what's affectionate to them? Do they need you to give them a neck massage because they've had a really tough day? Do they need to just sit close to you while they're watching their sports team or, you know, your girl show that they're willing to sit and (laughs) and do, you know, affection is, is reaffirming you matter to me. Mm -hmm. Just simply touching someone that you care about means to them, well, they care about me. Okay. I want to say something to the wifeies. Um, I remember when I was married that sometimes I didn't want to be affectionate because I was too exhausted to have sex. And so I didn't want to touch him because I'm not looking for that. Sometimes we got to be willing to offer affection even when we know or don't want it to lead to sex, but it still is a huge intimacy builder just to be connected to your person in a um, non-sexually intimate way. Yeah, we need to hear that, I think. Absolutely. And I also think that it's another understanding of one another. You'll kill your relationship if either party isn't willing to see the other person's needs or wants when it comes to affection. So, you know, the man may go, of course, I want to jump in bed with you. But if he loves you and knows you're exhausted from your day, 
he may recognize too that it's good enough that he just hugs you on the couch for an hour and vice versa. You may go, okay, I'm not that tired. So here we go, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and it's finding the balance and, and the fact that you can learn one another's needs Mm -hmm. and that will build rather than kill your relationship. Absolutely. Well, I hope that as you've listened to just a few of these things that will kill your relationship, and let's be real, there's probably more. These were the ones that just kind of jumped off the top of our heads when we started talking about this. We want you to have healthy relationships, and we want to be in healthy relationships. So we need to be reminded of the things that we're doing or not doing that are undermining our ultimate life goal, which is to be in healthy, strong, meaningful connections with the men that we're sharing our life with. Yeah, and I want to make sure that women, you know, I have been married a billion years, as we say, but I'm telling you, ladies, it never stops. Relationships, killers can hurt you at any point in your marriage. It can hurt at you know, dating. It can hurt one year in. It can hurt 10 years in. It can hurt 20 years in. You always need to be conscious of trying to stay in tune to that man in your life and not do these things. And hopefully, and, you know, encouragingly, he doesn't either. Absolutely. Relationships are always a work in progress, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It means we can constantly be growing and developing our relationships so that they're more fruitful and even more enjoyable as the time goes on. All right, Dar, I've got a quote to close it out. You don't even have to stress about it. Yeah, I appreciate that about (laughs) you, Julie. Do you want to read it? I do. I really like it. it. It's a good one. Thanks. The couples that are meant to be are the ones who go through everything that is meant to tear them apart and come out even stronger. Well, there you go. So here's to growing your relationship with both grit and grace. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.